I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So I was in the shower. I was cleaning my ass and making all the dirt all sparkly. Thank you, clean. I'm not the funny one. I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. music, wine, and then loop up the glory hole is like a, a like a dick theater. I've imagined your pants. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, this is Angela. I almost said Mrs. Adam. I don't know. I'm somebody. I don't know who I am. <laughs> Hello. This is I'm having an identity crisis. You also looked terrified. It's like Because <laughs> I was like, which one do I say? I don't know. That was great. Once again, I felt like somebody was holding a gun to your head. It was proof of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm alive. Do the people at home know what that means? Uh-huh. That means it's time. Part three. For another deep dive into yeah. bisexuality. But yeah. first, we are currently at, uh, we're pre-recording this, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. To be honest. Look, uh-huh. look, people, we go on vacation too. You're not the only people, microphone people, you're not the only ones to go on vacation. Sometimes the atoms need vacations. We, yeah, we do. Yeah. We have, a, we do a lot of work. Atoms literally make up everything. It's so funny. Waka waka. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, we're we're pre-recording this just mm-hmm. just a short time before our vacation, mm-hmm. and all I can think about is vacation. I know. And by the time you listen to it, we will hopefully be sitting on a beach with lots of sexy people and sexy things going on around us. I plan to be three fingers deep in someone and somebody three fingers deep in me. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, hello from the past. Mm-hmm. Or the present, but not yet the future. That's all I got. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, by the way, if you want to help us out, I don't know if some people don't listen to the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. They hear us start talking about our stuff, and they miss out some stuff because we often are funny when we fuck up our own social media accounts. Yeah. But if you want to help us out, go to www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast, and you can support us and get your own cum rags and awesome shit like that. Mm-hmm. If you live in Sydney, you can get discount tickets to pendulum parties. The next one. November 30th. Coming less up. Less than a month away. Coming up. It's going to so be exciting. Excited. I know. So, and it, it'll be warm out, so it'll be like you can wear skimpy stuff. It's no yeah. problem. It's gonna be it's gonna be fucking lit, baby. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but I, I hear it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's gonna be great. So yeah, yay! But mm-hmm. before that, we have mm-hmm. to get through this next hour. Mm-hmm. But we are nearing the end of all this these studies on bisexuality that were sent to us that we've come across. Yeah, we came across it. And it's actually, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be (laughs) kind of 
finishing up, going through the last of things, and then summarizing and discussing it a little bit. Yeah. So if you're just catching up now, this is the third of of, of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. This is the Return of the Jedi. Is that right? <laughs> is that the third one? Yeah. Now I'm re- now I'm like, is it the Empire Strikes Back? Oh, there are people yelling at me at home. Yeah. It's the return of the king. Look, that's more my trilogy. Look, Star Wars is great. I have to be honest. I'm more of a Lord of the Rings kind of guy. Um, yeah. Elves and stuff rather than Wookiees. Though I think a Wookiee would be kind of fun to have sex with. Especially after our last taboo discussion. Yeah, I kind of would. <laughs> Ooh, do we want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. You're looking up to see which. I was still see, you don't know either. To, it, well, you got me confused, and now I'm doubting. So we go watch this. Uh, the Return of the Jedi. It was Return of the Jedi. It was. I was right. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Empire Strikes Back is yeah. the one on Hoth. Yeah. It, I was okay. going to say, you had me the all The bedhoppers are in England screaming at us right now. I know. It's okay. Anyway. Actually, no, they're not. They're at Desire with us. Woohoo! So if they're <laughs> listening to this, they're screaming at us literally right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully it's screaming like this, like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> your pinna in your my warm and and i uh hear that when mrs h gets really really excited she starts doing her chicken imitation oh you're so hot mr atom bork <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my god we're gonna... gonna be kicked off the podcast yes yeah, yeah. um anyway <laughs> so if you listen to the last podcast you will have remembered us talking about some of our kinky little taboo things because it was our Halloween special. Mm-hmm. So now last night mm-hmm. in bed, mm-hmm. we watched a little bit of furry animated yiffing porn. Yes, we did. <laughs> and I gotta be honest, it was a bit uncomfortable for me. Why was it uncomfortable? Let's be- talk about this. Because to be absolutely honest with you, I'm still coming to terms with the fact that it turns me on. How long has it been since you've started watching or thinking about it? Six to eight weeks. Okay, so that's not really it's long It's relatively at all. recent. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was longer than that. No, I stumbled upon it, you know, I would say on the dark web, but mm-hmm. I don't know how to get on the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing good to get on the light web. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get lost on the homepage. <laughs> like, I'm not a smart man. Uh, yeah, so it's just... it. Because I look at it and I'm like, I should not be aroused by this. I, I feel like I shouldn't be turned on by it. And mm-hmm. yet, here we are. And yeah. So I will admit that we watched several different um, little videos last night. And some of them, I think, I would say are arousing for me. But it was the ones where they were animated uh, and where there was sound, first of all, because some of them didn't have sound. Yeah. But if there was sound of like the the sex act, maybe a little bit of background music, but the music wasn't the main thing. Some of them, the music was very primary and it was distracting. And so I didn't Agreed. like those. Yeah. And then there was one that there was someone dressed up in a furry costume. And I didn't like that because the person who was in the furry costume didn't really move much. And because of the head thing, there was no facial expressions. True. And so it just seemed very mechanical as, you know, like they're not really enjoying it. They could be, but you can't see that. 
And so that didn't really do anything for me because it just looked too static. But I don't know. It's it's that was the first time. So we'll have to, you know, watch some more and different kinds and see what what does and what doesn't do it. But. Investigate. Invest porn gate. Invest yeah. porn gate. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was awkward. Yeah. But then we started having sex while it was on. And uh-huh. It was like, wow, this is kind of awesome sex. Yeah. 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 But I was also a bit yeah. on the drunk side. Because so. I was going to say, yeah, we started feeling each other up and yeah. giving hand jobs and yeah. one thing And then suddenly another. you were like, all right, saddle up, pony. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Uh, you can be like, this is all about sharing porn and, and strange things with your partner. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's it's fun to be able to do that. Next time we'll see. let you drive the porn. Okay. See what what you come up with. Okay. Ooh. 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 Uh, yeah. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving right along. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you take over since uh, again. So if you haven't listened to these in the past, we have uh, we had gotten a bunch of papers, scientific papers. That were sent to us by one of our wonderful listeners. Thank you very much once again. You know who you are. And we wanted to sort of digest them, chew them up, digest them, and then regurgitate them just for you. <laughs> Look, Roman showers again. See, I'm calling back. Yeah. You've really learned a lot from the taboo one, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I learned so many things that I don't want to do. I learned to remember my safe word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So let's dive into this one. Okay. So this um, paper that we're going to start with, I think it might be the last one potentially. Uh, and then there's some other topics and things to discuss. But this paper focused on uh, psychological effects and kind of naming yourself, labeling yourself, how you identify. So it was kind of looking at at that realm of things as opposed to relationships, physical effects, that type of thing. So the gist of this paper is that there are three contributors to increased depression and anxiety amongst LGB individuals. And um, that's experiences of sexual orientation-based discrimination, bisexual invisibility and erasure, and the lack of bisexual affirmative support. And we've seen evidence of this in some of the other papers that we've been talking about here. But I actually really liked that before they kind of started to dive into this, they first tried to define bisexuality. And they, the way that they put it is that sexual orientation can be defined on the basis of sexual attraction, sexual behavior, or self-identity. And these three definitions overlap only a little bit with each other. So if it it basically means that you don't have to actively be having sex with someone of two genders in order to be considered bisexual it can be attraction it can be emotional uh connection it can be behavior it can just be your own identity and and what you feel and i actually really really like that and we've incorporated that in some of the things that we've talked about as well yeah and it's i think it's absolutely right you don't just like you said, you don't have to have done something in order to identify as it. Right. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so when they were looking at this, they, they said that the behavioral definition of bisexuality captures a different group of bisexuals depending on the time frame used. Like if you look at your lifetime or the past year, because you may have been in relationships with people of different genders 
throughout your life, or maybe the past five years, 10 years, but maybe not the past year. It could have been, you've only been with, you know, one partner or one gender for the past year. Uh, and so I think, you know, that this, this kind of is really important to understanding the health disparities because it does confound sexual status with your number of sexual partners. Um, you know, whether you have, it, it, because if you're looking only at behavior in order to be considered bisexual, you had to have had at least two partners yes. and they had to have been at two different genders. So it's, it does get kind of complicated when you look at it that way, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here shaking my head a lot and uh-huh. thinking people can't see that at home. No, no, they can't. And also in this paper, they said that uh, to encompass the breadth of relevant self-identities, researchers have proposed potential umbrella terms such as plurisexual or non-monosexual to include all individuals with the potential for multigender or sexual attraction. And I know this is something that we've kind of talked about a bit because we identify as bisexual. Yes. Now, you could kind of say that it's pansexual because, you know, you start to dive into the, the true definitions of all these pansexual, um, you know, again, the difference between polyamory and swinging, it's a scale. And I feel yeah. like the bisexuality and pansexual, I feel like all of this is along that scale somewhere. And that's why we personally do like the umbrella term of queer, because I feel like it encompasses a lot of that and a lot of different things. And it, I feel like queer also covers kind of the swinging side of things that we do. Um, but when you do start taking these labels as, you know, truly by its literal, literal meaning, it gets really tough and it, and it gets hard to fit yourself into a category. And I admittedly, I take the labels quite loosely. I do too. You know, and I'm, I'm getting to where I do too. Yeah. Still for me, like bisexual, <coughs> excuse me, I still like bisexual the best mm-hmm. for me, but you know, part of that reason is the, am I blank enough kind mm-hmm. of thing. And mm-hmm. I think that we've gotten emails from people. We've, we've spoken to people who feel this way, even having said it, it doesn't depend, it, it doesn't make a difference whether or not you've acted on something or just thought about it. But you know, we've used the word queer to define ourselves mm-hmm. with friends to which they were like, oh, well, you really shouldn't use that word because it doesn't apply to you. So it's like, wow, so I'm different, but clearly not different enough to be called queer. And I think the problem with that is most people, when they hear queer, they hear or think genderqueer, which is completely different, in my mind, than queer. Yeah. Uh, I think queer encompasses genderqueer, Mm -hmm. but I think also queer encompasses kink, swinger, I mean, queer by definition means different. Anything outside of the norm. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting to to have that. And I was actually quite shocked when we were told, oh, well, you probably shouldn't use that because you're really not queer. Yeah. I remember we had this long discussion with the person about it. It was yeah. pretty fascinating. And I still completely disagree with them. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Because it's self-identification. And, you know, we've got many friends on, on Facebook and, mm-hmm. and Twitter who use the term queer mm-hmm. to define themselves, but don't mean it in a genderqueer kind, right. of, kind of way. Yeah. And I also think that, that bisexual, I would say, is also a, a touch easier for most people in muggle land to understand, whereas pansexual people start to get confused. They don't really understand what it means. They think you're having a good relationship with your all clad uh-huh, yeah. or your cast iron. <laughs> And so it's, and but again, it's one of those things that's, you know, if you don't use the term, then people aren't going to learn. So, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it gets tricky. 
Agreed. But, but you know, like, you know, using a, an umbrella term like plurisexual or non-monosexual, kind of like how we say uh, ethically non-monogamous yes. and non-ethically non-monogamous, yes. it's, you know, very similar. It's, it's something like that. Non-monosexual yeah. is such an odd word with so many N's and O's in it. <laughs> Just, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Plurisexual, I sort of like that one because it makes me think... In, I like it two-thirds of the way because it makes me think of multiple sexes. It makes me think of lots of sex because it's, you know, plural sex. Mm-hmm. But then I don't like it because it makes me think of pleurisy, and that's a disease. That's funny. I think of pluripotent. What is that? Um, it is an immature stem cell, so capable of giving rise to different cell types. Of course it is. But that just... Nerd! <laughs> Nerd! Sorry. <laughs> Because well, nerd- you don't hear "plurry" like that that uh, prefix very often. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. <sighs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> uh, so this paper goes on to talk about how both the heterosexual and then the gay and lesbian communities are invested in maintaining the monosexual presumption or the assumption that all individuals are either heterosexual or gay and lesbian, and therefore bisexuality does not exist. And it, it goes on to discuss that both groups benefit from bisexual erasure in that, A, both are invested in the notion of fixed identity categories, which bisexuality destabilizes. Um, B, both are invested in retaining biological sex as a fundamental category of social organization, which is a, kind of irrelevant when you look at bisexuality. And then C, both groups are invested in upholding monogamous norms, which bisexual people are at least perceived to disrupt. <laughs> Sorry. And again, this is just generalization, and this is the you know this this research is in this paper's take on it. Um, it. But we do see that a bit in both communities. I would say the last one I think is the weakest argument because we know a lot of people, uh, both sides of the fence, that are non-monogamous, um, yeah. ethically non-monogamous. But um, yeah, and and uh, it. That they talk about how bi invisibility and bi erasure are more common in societies where gay and lesbian identities are more visible, and so you again you look at community groups that are established to help the LGBTQI communities, and most of the money, most of the activities, and the support goes to the gay and lesbian communities, and then in U.S. law, even bisexuals are almost completely erased and not mentioned whatsoever. Gays and lesbians are. But bisexuals are not, you know, and it's kind of one of that either or, but there's no in-between zone. Uh, and interestingly, they said that bisexual refugees are less successful than other sexual orientations. Jeez. Which is just, it's crazy to think that it can affect every bit of your life like that, you know? I don't know, just kind of insane. Um, and so they also talk about how the lack of positive media representation of bisexuality was a barrier to many people coming out. So because they they perceived that they thought that they would have negative responses from family, friends, people that they would want support from. Because it's not seen, they didn't know how people would react. They don't see how they if you if you have someone in say media or out um, in popular culture who, who is bisexual and who's come out and you can see how people react to them and they react positively, then you're more likely to come out to your, your friends and family and those people because you know that they react positively. But not having that, you don't know how they're going to react. And it's, again, that, that fear of the unknown. It's interesting because that is exactly sort of that same argument that 
uh, I've recently was listening to podcasts talking about the Me Too movement, mm -hmm. saying that part of the reason that women were waiting so long to come forward after being harassed was seeing how other women who had come forward were portrayed. Yep. So uh, the the perfect example was the um, the lady who had uh, accused Clarence Thomas of sexual harassment, Anita Hill. Mm -hmm. When Anita Hill came out, you know, she was one of the first ones that had, had come forward to say that, to say that something happened. And so seeing how she was sort of abused and swept under the rug and ultimately ignored, it made it to where other women were less likely to come forward saying yeah. that they had been attacked. So it is. It, it comes back to that we've got to listen to people and give people voices and and support them when they come out and say whether you know you know they've been sexually harassed or they're bisexual yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's just it's kind of a shame. If you see a negative reaction again, it's it's going to then make you just want to to be quiet and keep things to yourself and and to not actually speak up in in whatever realm it is. And that's it's not healthy whatsoever for you individually or for society as a whole. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also by not having that bisexual, bisexual representation in media, it also, a lot of people, especially as, as you're, you know, coming to terms with your sexuality, you think that there are only two options. I must be either straight or I must be gay or lesbian. And you don't realize that there is an option in between. You, know, you don't realize that you could be bisexual because you're not exposed to that. You have no clue that this could even exist. And I think a lot of people do get caught up in that in, in thinking I have to be one or the other and, and I don't know what I am. And it just, you know, that whole stress and anxiety and, and not feeling like you belong in either community, you know? Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah. yeah I, I do remember it was saying in, in, one participant actually said, and I quote, I didn't even know bisexuality existed until I was in my early 20s. It didn't occur to me there was something other than straight or gay. And to be honest, I think I was the same way. Yeah. I think it was mid-20s by the time I realized that, oh, wow, there is another option out there. Yeah. Because nobody talked about it. Nobody, it, it didn't even occur to you, me. You're not exposed to it. And yeah. I would agree. I was the same way. Yeah. So it was, it was very stressful for me to think, well, I must be gay. But I still like having sex with women. Mm -hmm. Well, this is weird. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. See, I think I was older than that when I, before I realized it. Hmm. Slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, but so, I mean, ultimately, I think a lot of what all of this comes down to is just that there is uh, a lack of visibility ab about bisexuality and, and what it is and that it's... It, okay and in the whole spectrum of of what bisexuality encompasses and then also the the lack of support for the the community overall yeah so that's basically all of the papers that we were sent and that we've gone through and i think they give a pretty good snapshot of of where things are or at least were as of the time of the studies which most of them i think are pretty recent in the last few years um so i think it gives a good snapshot as to to where we are and it's if we think about it logically i think we would all come to the conclusion that yes this makes sense but at the same time it's acknowledging it hearing it and seeing it that kind of to me really hits home it's like holy shit this is kind of really sad <laughs> and you know we need to to help people and, and reach out to people and create that sense of community and support that that people need and i think that that's 
true while we're speaking about the bisexual community. I think that's true of everybody, Agreed. of everyone out there. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of amazing how how much something like this and how much of that shame and not being able to talk about it with someone and not having the support, what kind of an effect it has, not just on mental health, but physical health and, and everything. It's just, yeah. It's just, it, it's a bit mind boggling. Well, it's a, it's a big, we're, I mean, we're basically big chemistry experiments yeah. or as they said in Star Trek, bloated bags of mostly water. But you know, it, it is just, there's a lot of, in our puzzle pieces of bodies, there's a lot of, pieces that you know yeah. a couple of them go missing and and it can really affect the whole picture so it's be kind to yourself be kind to others and yeah. and anytime that you can support or, or listen to somebody it's important that you do that yeah for sure yeah and remember you don't have to understand somebody in order to accept them exactly uh-huh. we should take a break and listen to a word from our well Colleagues? Not really sponsors, colleagues, yeah. yes. So if if you like our podcast, you might like this podcast. Join us on The Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak and everything in between. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. This isn't your average couple's Explanabrag podcast, though we definitely do a little of that. We share our adventures in open with a unique, funny, feminist, and Canadian approach. Come get wet with us on the wet coast. So, mm-hmm. want to move on? Yeah, sure. Let's move on. Awesome. Uh... We recently had a few messages on the Instagram. Yes. Oh, I know where we're going. Yeah. We had a couple of messages on Instagram. Uh, A couple of the pictures that we posted of you from our little photo shoot with the gentleman Mm -hmm. at the hotel in Darling Harbor of you and your strap-on. And we've had a few questions as to... Tell us more about your strap-ons. Right. Uh, and I think they're less concerned with the dildos themselves and more interested in the the strap, the, what do you call them? The harness. The, the harness, thank you. The panties, the harness, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, I know that one person in particular said that their harness uh, would slip a lot, that kind of thing, and so they were just curious as to what I used. So I will say that there are three that I use most commonly. Two of them are panties and one... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. 
no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It is a leather harness. The leather harness is Wild Hide. That's the brand. And I like that one because it's thicker leather. Like the pieces are a little bit thicker. And I feel like the way that it adjusts, it holds pretty tightly. Uh, it doesn't hold quite as tightly as the panties. I don't think anything really does. But it, it does quite good. And it and I like the way it looks as well. It's I've got the purple one. I, you often find it in red and black and whatever other colors. I don't know. But I've got purple. Purple. Yep. Uh, but the Wild Hide one is a, a nice leather one that is your typical harness style that I think fits really well. It's adjustable enough, but yet it can get really snug and, and hold things tightly. Uh, the two panties that I like are the Rodeo, so Rodeo H with the H on the end, uh, the lace oh, ones. Rodeo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's the the lace ones that, again, I have purple. They also come red and black and whatever. I think I'd had black ones, and then I lost them, so I bought the purple ones, and then I found the black ones. Where were they? I remember you finding them. They were in a backpack that we had taken on a trip to New Zealand, and they somehow were down at the bottom and got overlooked when unpacking. I just love. And they I were found in a them backpack. like a year and a half later. Yeah, they were in a backpack. <laughs> of course they were. I mean, because nothing says roughing it like <laughs> like a strap on. Yeah. I yeah. Love it. Um, but yeah, so those ones I really like. Those do hold things quite nicely. And they are also uh, crotchless. Like they have a slit in the oh, crotch. Yeah, yeah. So you can have access to that area as well. Or someone else can while you're pegging. If you have three people or more. So when you buy the underwear, uh-huh. the underwear style, do you want like the size you would normally wear in normal underwear? Or do you go for a size smaller so they're nice and tight and snug? So it's actually a little different in sizing. Um, the panties aren't really like small, medium, large. Oh. They're actual numbers, you know, like 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, whatever. Are those in centimeters? Uh, that sounds like inches to me. Because okay. if you're looking at hips or waist or anything, that's not going to be centimeters, babe. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, Touche. Yeah, so... You, uh, if you find a good, if you get them online, it's going to be a bit tougher. You'll have to do some measuring. I got mine at, at Max Black, and so I was able to try them on, and obviously over your normal panties. Um, but it's, yeah, I, you want them to be snug, not cutting and biting because you don't want them too tight. You do want them to look nice as well. But if they fit well, they fit snugly, then you won't have any problem with them moving. And with, you know, the dildo stays nice firmly in place when you're using it. Okay. Um, the other panties that I have that I like a lot are by Spare Parts, the Sasha ones. Oh, yes. Or Sasha, depending. <laughs> Sasha, Sasha. Sasha. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they have the ruching on the side so you, and, the, and in the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're a little more feminine. Uh, I mean, not that the lace ones aren't, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they have that the ruching and like the little bit where you can kind of pull it up on the side and have a little bow. So I like those as well. They hold things nice and tight. They are solid in the crotch so that it doesn't really have access, you know, to someone else doesn't to have access. To lady place. Yeah, to my lady place. But I, th- I like both the panties. I probably use those more than the harness itself, but I do like to wear the harness from time to time. 
so do you also have a pair that are kind of like boy trunks, right? Like I boxer do. brief trunks. I have boxer brief ones, but those move around a lot more. Okay. So I only wear those occasionally, and it's usually more if there's lead-up play, because that's more of a visual for my partner. than mm. And then because when I'm pegging with those, I feel like I do have to kind of hold it a bit more. So what makes that? What's the difference? Because it's just a thin cotton. It's oh, okay. or Yeah, I think it's a cotton material or and something. So the cotton stretches yeah. a little more. So it, it's, it's got... Yeah, it's just it. It's just a bit looser. I don't know. It just doesn't hold as as tight because like the panties are actually pretty thick material, and gotcha. so there's not there's just not a lot of give to them. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I would say another thing just to add to that is when you're choosing the dildos to go in it, it's all about the stiffness of the dildo. Yeah. I found you know we have found that some of the softer ones aren't as easy to use as no. the more firm. Um, as more as the more firm ones, but yeah, because you don't want it bendy when it's going in. Yeah, the other side to that though is you don't want something that's hard plastic. Mm-hmm. So there's that happy medium of something that is dense silicone, mm-hmm. but still en- enough that it holds its shape, yeah. soft but still holds its shape. Yeah, yeah, body safe silicone. Yeah, yeah, and always using the correct lube. And yes. remember. If some lube is good, more lube is better. Yes, always. Always. Okie dokie. Do we want to go through a couple of emails that we've gotten in the not-too-distant sure. past? Yeah, we've gotten a fair few lately. It's nice. Yeah, so we always like in emails from folks, and we do like to read them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, we always read them, but we do like to read them <laughs> on the podcast sometimes. <laughs> of course, making it to where you can't tell who they are from. Right. We're not going to give you away. No. It's not our job to out you. No. So this was one that came through recently, and I like this. This is just, I think this comments a bit of what we talked about earlier tonight and in the other two deep dives of Mm -hmm. bisexuality. It says, I wanted to write to you since I started listening months ago, but I was never sure what to say. I think now I know why I have some need to reach out. 30 years of my life have passed and I've spent them cloaked in the toxic comfort of passing as a straight man. This led to a lot of relationship issues and spilled into what I now realize is every last corner of my life. My sexuality still has a stronghold on my life, and it will likely last forever, but I've started pushing back. It's a heavy and emotional journey, and I'm so damn scared. Having you guys chattering in my ear at work all day has helped me tremendously in processing thoughts that I don't get to talk with about with anyone. I am many years into therapy, and I've only recently found the courage to tell my therapist. You guys are the kind of understanding people I wish I had in my life so I could save the $200 an hour session fees. I hope one day to have the kind of connection that you have with someone in my own life. You are wonderful role models, even if I can't talk to you. Your podcast, or more more appropriately, your words, revive hope in me when anxiety and depression beat me down to the dirt. Don't apologize for the heavier subjects. Those have been the most helpful, and as long as I get to hear you guys giggle, I will have a smile on my face by the end. Especially since no matter which of you is laughing, it's usually at Bradford. It's cute as fuck. Thank you, your beautiful souls. Which was a wonderful email. It was yeah. very sweet. And we really appreciate it. Um, I, I, number one, 
don't feel like you have to have something to say to reach out to us. Yeah. You know, just hi is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love it. It's, it's great. And to get emails like this, this is, you know, it sucks. It's tough. And we understand. And it's, you know, I specifically understand because I know exactly what you're going through including the expensive therapy bills. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it is something that, you know, is it is it easy? No. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and we are, of course, always with you, uh, which, you know, that may sound a bit hokey, but it's true. You know, we uh, are always here if you want to reach out and talk to somebody or if you want to bounce stuff off of us. We do not charge $200 an hour. No. I also do think it's important to remember that, you're not the only one out there because mm. we hear this a, a fair bit from people. And, and I know you feel like you might be alone, but you really aren't. There's a lot of people that are in your boat, a lot of people that have climbed out of that boat. And, and yeah, you'll get there. Just, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do have a, a, a one problem with this email, which mm-hmm. is especially since no matter which of you is laughing, it's usually at Bradford. Don't laugh at me. Laugh with me. <laughs> But is it saying that we're laughing at you, which is oh, completely possible, oh, okay. or like, or like the like Instagram at Bradford? Oh my! God. <laughs> we're laughing. It's usually at Bradford. It's usually Bradford. <laughs> I would read it. It's usually Bradford. Uh, that's great. Yeah, I do laugh a lot. Doesn't matter as long as there's laughs. I'm okay that I'm cute as fuck. I'm saying I'm cute as fuck. Maybe it's cute as fuck, but uh-huh. you know we're cute anyway. But yeah, thank <laughs> you, you and your laugh are both cute as fuck. <laughs> you betcha. Uh, Yes, thank you very much for that message. That was awesome. We really, really appreciate that. Okay, so this last email, it's it's long, long. So I'm going to I'm going to edit it down to Mm -hmm. the uh, the parts that I want to (laughs) read. Hello, my mentors. I'm a bit of an Anglophile which makes me rather particular in regards to the linguistical quality of the podcasts I listen to. Bradford, you annoyed me slightly initially, but now I find myself smiling as I include both sploosh and brown chicken brown cow in my internal dialogue. (laughs) In short, I'm a fan. Okay, so let's just stop right there. Um, This person is from Europe, so Mm -hmm. they're uh, non-English speakers, I think, to, to start with. Okay. Because uh, some people in Europe are English speakers. Yes, the, I, yes, but <laughs> this person is not. Okay. I, I don't think they are a native English speaker. A native speaker. Okay, right, right. Uh, That's true because a lot of countries it's not. Number you know. one, sploosh is not mine. I stole it from Archer, which is a wonderful television series. Yeah, if you don't watch the, Archer, you should. The first seven seasons. The, yeah. The last few seasons have been crap. Anyway. And brown chicken. Br- Look. I, I just love that at first I, they were annoyed by me <laughs> slightly initially. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm in your brain now, aren't I, motherfucker? Sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, this this email, it's a lovely email. And they, they go on to talk about, uh, you know, their their partner and... and um, how the conversations move to sex and and just talking about uh, trying to open up their relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it's 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 a wonderful tale of, of just exactly the way you would want it to go, uh, and what they're wanting to try. Um, I will jump to the very end because I think this right here, this paragraph here, discusses or, or addresses what we were discussing 
just just earlier. Uh, they close with, I am a solid zero on the Kinsey scale, but I want to climb that ladder. I don't fantasize about men, but I do want to suck a cock and I do want to bottom for a man while my lady watches. Does that make me a one? And then please, 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 please. And then a, a smiley emoticon. Um, I think this is interesting because for me, the Kinsey scale is about desire. Um, I think it's also about action, but I think for for me personally, it's about desire. What do I want to do Mm -hmm. or what actions am I looking to do? Uh, So if you're a solid zero, that would mean that you are strictly heterosexual and that you have no interest in doing these things. But then to go on and say, look, I I want to suck cock and I do want a bottom for a man while my lady watches, that makes you more than a one. Mm -hmm. That puts you on the solid three, like a solid three, which is uh, equally heterosexual, equally homosexual. Yeah. So... uh, but again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is, do you have to do something in order to identify, uh, identify or, or, or label yourself in a certain way? And the answer is no. If you want to be a one, you're a fucking one. I also think it's interesting um, talking about sucking cock and bottoming is is the question is, is it something that they just want to, to try? Obviously, try and see how it is, because if you don't like it, you're not going to probably do it again. But if you do like it, is it something that you feel like you want to do regularly or maybe just kind of once in a while or, you know, once a year maybe kind of thing? And I don't know. And for everyone, that answer is going to be different. But I think that's an interesting thing as you're going along, finding your path and kind of exploring to to feel out and, and see if you do it. How frequently do you want that? How much is that need and that drive there? Is it, you know, is it really strong and you need it regularly or just, you know, kind of once in a while or opportunistically if the chance comes up, that type of thing. But that's also kind of part of the fun of exploring is, is figuring that out. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. So we had another question from a listener. Um, I'm not going to read the whole email on this one, but the question I thought at the end was was kind of fascinating and made me think a, a little bit. Ooh, I like to um, think. So here's a question. We'll see what you say compared to what I said. Okay. Do you swing when your relationship isn't 100% on track? If you do, is it together or separate play? And if you don't, why not? Ooh. Ooh. So I'm going to start this answer. Mm -hmm. This is going to be one of my long rambling answers. Bear with me. I'm going to start this answer with, I think a lot of us podcasters get into this realm of always talking about the good stuff that happens and always talking about the fun and the positives and all the great things about our relationship. And I think the the massive world out there, the vast majority of people then assume, much like Facebook, that our life is perfect, that we get along swimmingly, we're always happy, we always skip and holding hands and all of our sexual encounters are meaningful and, and wonderful, which is anything but the truth. We are normal human beings, just like everyone else out there. So we have our ups and we have our downs. And for you and I, we often talk about being in sync or out of sync. Yeah. So I am very much a circadian rhythms kind of guy. We are, as people, all of our lives and every aspect of that life life is a sine curve. You've got above zero and below zero, and it goes up and down. So 
and it and most of the time it's it's a pretty even kind of cycle. Mm-hmm. We've got our days that are really high highs and then our days that are kind of low lows and it sort of averages out to a normal happy life. We'll say. Occasionally we get to the points where you and I don't communicate. Mm-hmm. And we both know that we're not communicating and we're both frustrated by it, but in fact there's not much we can do about it because we just happen to be a bit out of sync. And it just means we have to put a little more work and effort into it. Yes. And those times really, really annoy the crap out of me. Yeah. I get very angry at myself (laughs) at those times. And it's frustrating. Yeah. But at the same time, I think we both, you and I are lucky in that we both know that this is just a temporary blip on the scale. And we both understand that this is a, it's a temporary low. Mm -hmm. And I for me, I think that that's what helps pull me out of that low is knowing that this too shall pass. Yeah, it's not a forever thing. It's not a forever thing. So I realized that was a long exposition <laughs> exposition for this. But those few times that we have those lows where both of us are not communicating well and we're both kind of not our, our normal we're happy self. We're a bit edgy self. and snippy and yeah. Yeah, we're not listening the way we should, or we're not communicating our feelings the way we should. We often will still go to the club. Yeah. And for me, it's one of those things that I sometimes need to be around other people. Mm -hmm. I like being around other people with you, but I still want to be around other people. And I also think that unlike some couples out there, even when we're not communicating well, Mm -hmm. our sex life is still pretty active. Yeah. Because we look at it as... And I look at it as sex is very similar to eating, drinking, and breathing. (laughs) It is something that my body needs and I want. And I know that yours is the same way. So even if we aren't communicating well, we'll still have sex. And for that 30 to 45 seconds, it's great. I'm kidding. (laughs) kidding. It's more like 7 to 10 minutes. Uh, It's great. You know, and we might... It might not be perfect, Mm -hmm. but we're still you know, we're still making it. It's still Mm -hmm. all right. So, you know, we'll go to the club and oftentimes we won't necessarily play with other people, but we will talk a lot to other people Mm -hmm. and, and then we end up playing together. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree on all points. I would say expand upon going to the club though, in that you said that you want to be around other people. You need to be around other people. And I absolutely agree because whenever we have those times, I feel like being at the swingers club and in that sexy environment helps me feel better. So I don't just sit on the couch and wallow and think this is really shit and (laughs) whatever. And so I think it helps me to, it forces me to get out and to be positive and, and to be a better person, which I think makes that low not last as long because it kind of, it forces me to start pulling myself out of that. Um, So I do think that it helps me to go to the swingers club and to be around other people. It's also nice to have that distraction from you if we're not exactly getting along 100%. Because then you're not the only one that I have to talk to. There's other people. Exactly. And that's kind of nice. But I will say that most of the time, if, if we are kind of in a funk, like you said, we won't necessarily play with other people. We'll, we'll play with each other. 
Or maybe we'll just go and be social those nights. It just kind of depends, unless there's something like really spectacularly amazing going on. Um, <laughs> we can always be swayed. Come on. Um, it's true. It's true. We're not sluts. We just love love. Yeah, yeah. But we do know couples that when they get to those low lows and they do get out of sync and they're not communicating well, they do split up. And, and they're couples that already have separate partners as well. But I think at those times they spend more time with their separate partners than they do together. Yeah. But again, it's whatever helps you to kind of get back into sync and get out of your funk and, and to kind of work back to that that normal zone for whatever your relationship is. I think that's ultimately what what you need to focus on. And and for us, it's going out and being around other people, whether we have sex with them or not, very often not, because I think neither of us are in the most perfect headspace to be a great experience for them. Right. And and I don't, you know, we recognize that. But at the same time, just being around other people and in that kind of sexy environment really helps us. For some people, it may be getting away from their partner and, and having some alone time or alone playtime with others that, that helps. But for us, that doesn't, we don't really do that a whole lot. Also, another thing that I have often found is that when we are out of sync and we go to the club, it is one of those things that we both see the club as a it's a team sport. So you're forced to work together. Mm -hmm. Even if we're not working together to, to play with somebody or hook up with somebody, we're still working together to sell each other, to wingman for one another, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. present ourselves and, and one another in the best possible light. And also to make sure other people are having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, we take a lot of ownership of, of the crowd at, at our secret spot specifically. And so, we want people to have a good time yeah. so that they'll want to come back and potentially play with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it is one of those things that we we will kind of, I think that sort of pulls us out of that yeah. funk. So if it's something, my advice to couples who maybe aren't swingers and or don't have this and you find yourself, you know, where you both are kind of out of sync and not communicating well, you know, go somewhere yeah. and th- there's something that you guys enjoy doing together. So go find that thing and do it. So I, I think everything from maybe playing tennis or golf or some other sport in which you're with your partner mm-hmm. and you want both of you to succeed to, I mean, even goofy stuff like maybe bowling and, and um, miniature golf. Yeah. Do something that's fun that's that forces you to kind of work together. Mm. And like you said, too, regarding sex, we still have sex even at those times. It may not be the same level of lovemaking and you know kind of extended play that may be at other times but we will still have sex yeah. because i need it and because i get more angry if i don't get enough sex it's true. She gets very angry. and and you know you you want it as well so there's no reason for us not to do that and just because we may not be 100 percent in sync doesn't mean we can't have sex and i think that also helps because you get the you know the the oxytocin release from that and again just every little bit kind of helps to, to pull you out yeah chemistry is great yeah 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 so that would i mean that's that's how we do it, mm-hmm. and it works for us. Yeah. Your mileage may vary, but it's something that... That's how we operate, though. We tend to be pretty good. We've yeah. had we've had a few downs, but mm-hmm. they're usually short-lived, a few days, yeah. three or four days. And fortunately, we're pretty good at recognizing when it happens, and so it's not... I think that helps because that we do recognize it even in the moment, and because then it's like, you know, okay, we're not great right now. 
that's okay. It's a temporary thing. We'll get better. And a you know, day, two days, three days later, we're back in sync again. Yeah. Um, but I think it is good to know that because if we don't recognize it, then I feel like I would get in that funk of like, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with me? And start going down that path. And then that makes it worse. Yeah. So I will say one thing that we have started doing is we call it out. As soon mm-hmm. as we see that we're out of sync, one of us will say, we're not in sync, are we? Yeah. And the other one will almost always say, yep, or no, I guess. At least they agree. Right. No, we're not in sync. Yeah. And what can we do to fix this? And mm-hmm. I think just calling it out and saying, mm-hmm. cards on the table, this is how I feel. Yeah. And finding out that you agree, suddenly we're in sync. Because we both agree that we're not in sync. So it's one of those really kind of weird catch-22s yeah. in which when we both agree the fact that we're not working right now, mm-hmm. I think it forces us to work together. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. All right. Uh, I guess we're going to wrap this one up. Okay. Uh, so if you have your questions, comments, and rude remarks, which we really appreciate. Thank you to the folks whose emails we read tonight and whose questions we, we've answered. We definitely, definitely appreciate it. If you've got your own questions or things that you've been sitting on and wondering for a while, you can reach out to us. We are theatomsoflove at gmail.com if email is the way you want to go. Or if you want to message us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, we are at By the By Podcast on all of those. Please uh, don't don't hesitate to follow us and reach out to us and ask your questions. Yep. Sometimes it takes us a while to get to them, but or just tell your stories. Yeah, we promise to get to them. Or yeah, tell your stories. Yeah. We love hearing the stories. It's good stuff. And if you have a good story, we might even share it on the air. I know it's great. You hear your words read by our mouths. Sounds kinky. Sounds, sounds a little yeah, creepy. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah. You went kinky. I went creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put your words in my mouth and I'm going to roll them around. Oh, yeah. You like my words. Your words. Yeah. You like your words in my mouth, don't you? I'm sorry. I I tried. I failed. The moral is never try. So uh, shoot us your messages. Uh, Please, like we said before, go to Patreon, www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast and support us. Get your cum rags. Mm -hmm. Kind of awesome. Get your discount tickets to... To Pendulum Party, which is November 30th. Yep. And uh, yeah, so thank you very much, and we'll talk at you soon. Let's go vacation. Yeah. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I'm Dylan Thomas, co host of Life on the Swing Set, the podcast. We share our experiences in swinging, polyamory, and beyond. You're listening to a Swing Set Network podcast at swingset.fm. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.